I am Plata on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Ivan Coyote joins me again. The acclaimed writer and storyteller recently published a new book, Care of Letters, Connections, and Cures. It received good notices and is a finalist for this year's Governor General's Literary Award for Nonfiction. The winner will be revealed this Wednesday, the 17th of November. Visit ggbooks.ca for the other shortlisted books in Ivan's category, as well as the other finalists in poetry, fiction, drama, and more. Ivan joined me a few days ago to reflect on Care Of, which is a collection of letters they've received over the years, some recently, all of all which Ivan has taken the time to reply to. You see the original letter from various fans, admirers, audience members, as well as friends, who've uh, taken the time to write to Ivan after a performance or on Facebook or email. The letters often share a story about the writer or a question for Ivan, and Ivan's responses are always heartfelt, intimate, gracious, uh, generous, kind, and honest. Ivan shares a lot in this book, and if you've ever had a question about uh, trans identity, being non-binary, family, or Ivan's work, life itself, you'll find an answer and grace and sometimes wisdom. The connection that humans have with one another is throughout this book, and at a time when listening to one another is tough for a lot of us, this book is proof of the strength in listening and connecting. Ivan Coyote was born and raised in Whitehorse, Yukon. They have authored 13 books, four films, six stage shows, and three albums that combine storytelling and music. Ivan's work has received the Relit Award, a Stonewall honor, as well as a Jim Diva Prize for Writing that Provokes, the inaugural award from the BC and Yukon Book Prizes. Ivan's book, Tomboy Survival Guide, which uh, they were first on the program with in 2016, was a finalist for the Hillary Weston Writers Trust Prize for Nonfiction. Visit IvanCoyote.com for more. Care of is published by McClelland and Stewart. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online program, Ivan Coyote. Ivan, good morning. Hi, Joe. How are you? Pretty good yourself. Do you, I'm good. Do you prefer Joe or Joseph? I know uh, we've been through this. I, I prefer anything. Uh, Joe's fine. Joe's okay. totally fine, yeah. Okay. Um, we're uh, talking on a Saturday afternoon, and I understand that uh, Friday night you were in St. Catharines, is that right? I was, yeah. I did a, I did my, did a live theater gig last night, a socially distanced, uh, double vaccinated live, uh, live show. What was that like after all these, all this time? It was greater than I wanted it to be. I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've told myself. Or, you know, oh, it's okay, you know, it's an online thing, it's, it's still a connection, but I don't know, there was something really, there was something really nice. I had a, a, a co-performer, Ian Ellis Lidstone, mm-hmm. singer-songwriter, he did a set before me, and um, there was 50 people there, uh, socially distanced at little tables, and um, I sold books like, really? by hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all the old, I got cash in my pocket. Like that's great. Yeah, yeah. Did, you, yeah. <laughs> did you get letters? Did I get any letters? Yeah. Um, not yet, not yet. But th- th- those come trickling in, usually like in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, two, two, three years later, it depends. You know, yeah. um, I haven't got any. I haven't got any letters yet. Oh, because in, in but there was a guy there yeah. who wrote me a letter. Oh, really? Um, yeah. That I responded to, not not related to the book, uh-huh. but uh, I think he wrote me a letter because he read the book, and I, I, I so he sh- he was there with his daughter. So that was cool. Yeah. I you know I, I I bought the book in uh, in the summer when it came out because mm-hmm. I wanted to read it, and yep. um, 
as I was reading it, I wanted to write you a letter. Um, but I have nothing to, to, to tell you other than hello and I, I hope you're well. And I thought, there's so many people that obviously write you with, with stories to tell or something that they want to ask you that's important. I didn't want to have to burden you with my own letter. <laughs> oh, I, I, I just, you know, I learned my love of correspondence from my grandmother, mm, Patricia. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I would just encourage you to, to, to write every letter that you ever thought about writing. I, I, think, it's, um, I think it's a beautiful way to connect. And um, I think it's a meaningful, I think I even write this. Like, you know, a phone call is great. I love yeah. a phone call. I'm old school that way, too. <laughs> but a letter, you know, it's a thing. Especially a handwritten letter, although an email is great too. Yeah. And um, um, I, I would, I would encourage you to write. You, besides, you don't know till you sit down to write what's going to happen. You know. Yeah, I'm re- I reminded of this line uh, from Churchill, who said um, uh, he he once wrote someone, "I don't have time to write you a short letter, so um, I've written you a long letter." Yeah. And and I think that's that's what happens. I guess when when I sit down to correspond with people, um, usually on email nowadays. Um, yeah. It's far longer than it should be because I just ha- don't have the time to to, to edit myself, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, some of the letters in this book were, I don't know, five six thousand words. So yeah, I think it was that um, that I mean, I wrote the whole thing from, with the exception of the very first letter, I wrote mm. the entire thing from uh, uh, sort of the first week of April to the third week of September, however many months that yeah. is, uh, including, you know, um, you know, I think the intro I might have written in January. Yeah, I remember, but, yeah, we talked last Thanksgiving, around Thanksgiving last year. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, we, you mentioned that you you just finished the, 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 the manuscript, which would become Care Of. Yeah. And um, so when I was reading it over the summer, I, um, and then I reread parts of it um, the last couple of days, um, it reminded me just how generous you are with with people. Um, it, it comes through in, in in a lot of your responses. Um, you share so much of yourself. Um, that must take a lot out of you, does it? Uh, I don't know. I I see it as a reciprocal thing. So you know, those letters. Some of them I saved for 11 years, I think, was the oldest one. Right, you know? yeah. And there's such beautiful writing. There, I mean, I looking back when I, you know, of course, I didn't answer by any by any stretch did I answer all of my mail mm-hmm. <laughs> in this book. Cause there's really only 20 le- 21 letters. One, one is to my deceased grandma, so I only answered 20 letters. And, you know, um, and... Uh, you know, I, I, I would t- I would t- tackle this big. Po- I've kept this file of special emails and a file of special uh, snail mail and mm-hmm. a file of you know special Facebook and Twitter DMs and yeah. Instagram messages and uh, notes left under um, windshield wipers. You know, I've kept all that stuff, and I would go back to that pile um, uh, each time it was time to select a new one, and I would just sort of pick the one that that rattled. That rattled my 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 rib cage the most, and felt like the one that I was supposed to write. And, yeah. and but when I look back at the letter writers' work themselves, they're all such gifted writers. Oh yeah, that's yeah so, that's a, that's the thing I was, I was struck by that there there are letters in in care of from, from that you received that were yeah. such generous, wonderful letters that they they could um, 
they could be books themselves, if you will, that, that, or that they could write books themselves like this. Absolutely, without question. And so to me, did it take lots out of me? No, it was reciprocal. It was me finally having the time to, um, you know, because most people who, I get a lot of mail, and I tour a lot, as mm-hmm. so I get a lot of mail, and almost all letters, unless they're creepy or there's a weird come on sure, or, yeah. you know, I, they get a they get a short response usually thanking them and if they have a question I try to answer it as best I can but these were ones I had answered mostly with the exception of Angela's letter who I didn't contact didn't write her back for nine years yeah. I still feel bad about I hope the letter she finally got nine years later was worth it um, and so yeah the. I, I don't see it as no. I guess it, to not to be to be to to for a short answer. No, it, it, it didn't take a lot out of me. It was yeah. it was a reciprocal connection and thus a gift yeah. from them to me and me to them. Yeah, they really do. Uh, in, in a lot of the letters, pour their hearts out, and Absolutely. it's 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 really affecting to read. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, in, in your response to to a lot of them, are, are you know you you actually remembered where you were when you read it and, and what you were feeling because of it or what was going on around you, which um, I would only think would, would um, show its effect on you, that that, um, that that their words did matter to you and that, that you did take however long you took to, to think about and, and, and really live with, with, with their stories. Yeah, I, w- I mean... I'm just. There's a couple questions that want to, or points I want to yeah. respond to. What one is that the letter from uh, Leslie, who was a trans kid, whose mm-hmm. mom drove him uh, three hours from somewhere else in California to Monterey Bay because he heard I was going to be there mm. and wanted to see me, and um, he wanted to meet me and buy a book and get it signed. And uh, I was limping around, unbeknownst to the audience. Um, it was a. Uh, it was just a few weeks after I had had top surgery. Uh-huh. I, I was just, just, I just had my um, uh, stitches removed and the drains and stuff like that, and I was still pretty tender. And uh, anyway, he wrote me um, several years later, and then we ex- there's an exchange back and forth with with him. And um, he, uh, in my response to him, I said that he he says, I pro- you probably don't remember me. And I said, yeah, I actually do remember you. Mm. I do remember you. I remember your button-down shirt that you were wearing. It was plaid. And I remember the ugly carpet we were standing on in, that, <laughs> uh, in the lobby of the hotel. Well, he, like so many kids, get got his mom to take a picture of the two of us. Yeah. And he sent it to me. And I was... I was kind of just reaching into the ether for those details. Yeah. But there he was, uh, little little Leslie with um, his button-down shirt, and I had and standing on this hideous carpet <laughs> in the lobby of the theater at the university. And uh, I was actually surprised that he had this record of my memory. Mm. I was just grasping around in my head, but you know. Um, yeah, and I don't remember, of course, every person to that degree, but. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a noticer. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's the other marvelous thing is that that um, that, that I've admired you, uh, about you over the years is is that um, uh, people that that like you that notice these things. I mean, they really do care about um, you know, and it, it makes me wonder why people do bad things. And um, I don't know. I just I, I I you know as I was reading care of the other day again. Um, 
you know, you just try to work to, to be a better person every day, and, and I just don't see why people can't do that. Oh, I think there's lots of reasons. I've been reading about trauma lately. Mm. I've been reading this book called The Body Keeps Score, and it just feel, I feel like I'm just sitting with it all, and it's really changing my... And I'm just trying to have compassion. I, I think that we have this idea that bad, people who do bad things are bad people. Yeah, and yeah. some people who do bad things are bad people, and some people who do bad things are hurt people, and or or traumatized people. Um, um, and sometimes we think somebody has done a bad thing, and and it's our own trauma talking louder than the, than anyone else in the room. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I I think what it all for me this book what it all boils what it, its essence is is the power of a story. Because these are all people who wrote me, because they either read me, read me, read a story of mine, or heard me tell a story. Um, and I haven't done the math to see how many uh, were live versus mm-hmm. book, but I, I would hesitate to 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 guess that it's probably seventy percent people who saw me live. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So back to the, our first question, like the, the the power of listening to each other and the power of being present. Um, uh, yeah, and and that kind of that kind of human connection. Yeah, yeah. it um, there's a there's a line in one of the letters, one of the responses you had to the one of the letters, uh, where you talk about storytelling, and um, you wonder whether storytellers are by nature optimistic. Um, I, I guess storytellers have a hope that there's a happy ending somewhere. Maybe I don't know. I, it was actually the I think I can't, the the full line says something about storyteller without optimism is just a historian, and I got <laughs> I got actually a nasty not a nasty letter, but a bit of a kind of a miffed historian yeah. writing me. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> I'll yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do are all stories? I mean, there's the thing is, is that stories serve so many functions. Like mm. some stories are warnings. So they wouldn't be optimistic. They would be like worst case scenario, you know. Yeah. A lot of stories that we tell children, I think, are are warning stories. You know, like the the like uh, Little Red Riding Hood, and you know, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they're like allegories or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, like Aesop's Fables and all that. Those are all allegories meant to sort of like teach us a lesson about vanity. I'm thinking about the one where the fox drops the bone when he's looking in the because it looks like the the fox in the reflection has a bigger... I can't remember it exactly, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, There's yeah. so many different kinds of stories. I think some stories are meant to um, to breed optimism uh, or, or foster it or, or nurture it, and so, there's other stories that, are, that have different functions, right? Yeah. Um, I do always think about uh, how I end a night, where mm-hmm. I want to send people off, and... And that would be where the, uh, for me, where where I would try to I would try to pluck a story with some optimism in it. You know, yeah. Before you send people out into the dark night, on back uh, on their own. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, when you want courtesy. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's why they're there. I guess that's what they're looking for, if you will. Um, when um, when you were when you were uh, performing on Friday night in St. Catharines, um, the the feeling about being back on stage um, was it what you would have expected? Say, I mean, I guess we all think about how we're going to get back to normal, if you will, and we've done that the last couple of years at least. Um, 
was that something that that um that, that were your feelings validated say in terms of, of once you hit the stage and you were in front of that audience um i think people were quieter than i was expecting mm. and i think we're we're used to take we've spent the last year and a half um very kind of uh if we take in culture um, live performance of any sort, it's been via online stuff, and that's more of a passive act. Mm. Uh, and you're literally muted, like, mm-hmm. you're literally muted, and sometimes even your camera presence is controlled, well, quite often your camera presence is controlled. So um, so the live audience was maybe less uh, raucous than mm. I, you know, it took a while, to, I felt, to you know, hit the hit our stride together as a as a as a feedback loop, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I I don't want to go back to normal, Joseph. Yeah. No, my normal before this was uh, was I was really deeply exhausted, and largely you know due to my own lack of ability to say no and trying the hustle like the constant mm-hmm. hustle of trying to make a living as an author and. As a, as a creator, and um, you know, I, have, I I support my father um, who who has dementia, uh, and you know, so I, ha- I have financial obligations, and so I think I was just burnt right out, mm. and um, to a point that I never want to get back to again, yeah. and uh, so I don't actually want to go back to normal, um, normal. But that said, you know, the like getting to the venue and loading in and meeting all the techs and one of them I knew from uh, Oakville from years and years ago and you know the lights and the waiting for the and the adrenaline and the people and meeting you know and it was afterwards I sold books mm-hmm. uh, like <laughs> and walked away with a pocket full of cash that hasn't happened in a yeah, while yeah. In, you know for for. Um, I think that would have been since February 26, 2020. Yeah. Uh, that was my last public gig, you know. Uh, so, yeah, and then, of course, there was the book signing afterwards, which is different. Now, everybody's, everybody was masked. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they wanted to take pictures. We would, like, all have a talk. I'm going to take my mask off. Is that okay? I'm double back. Yeah, I'm okay. And then there was also, like, you know, trying to, can we get a little bit closer together? Is that all right? If I'm my, my elbow's touching your elbow. And for me... Um, I love that. I hope we. That's one thing I hope that we do take into the after, as yeah. I take into calling it, is like navigating consent more mm. around uh, physical contact, around being aware of other people's physical space and right. and 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 body bodily autonomy, and you know, um, you know, not. It's just not okay to randomly touch anyone. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, some people really take up space in that way, and. You know, there's nowhere where where uh, I experience it uh, more than in the book signing lineup, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, people getting in your up in your, you know. So I, I personally, I, I personally, I liked that. I had a lot more better of experience. Um, uh, you know, people saying, "Is it are, are how do you feel about hugging? Is it are you okay to? Will you accept a hug?" I, I like all that, and I I hope. I think that bodes well for us um, as a species, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I hope we keep that sense of being more aware of our physical selves and where we are in relation to other people. And uh, 
I don't know about you, but, you know, um, I'm never going to go back to, like, my dismal hand-washing routine. <laughs> yeah, same. Pre-pandemic, yeah, like, yeah. you know, there was a first six months there where I was just chappy McChap, chappy things. <laughs> but now I feel like my, my skin can just handle any amount of hand sanitizer. Yeah. Without, you know, and... Um, um, and I, I'm, I intend to fully, I, I intend to wash my hands 30 times a day. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I'm ever going to get on another airplane without a mask on, to yeah. be honest with you, yeah. or a bus. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's some things I want to, because I was, I think, immune suppressed and, and traveling all the time and constantly fighting off a cold, it felt like before mm, this. Right. And I've had, I've had no colds. I've, you yeah. know, knock on wood, I've had no, um, you know, I had a pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember the fir- the fir- first uh, uh, month or so, March or April 2020, um because of all the hand washing and all the hand sanitizer. Um my, my hands were, were were like yours. They they, they were chapped and and I, 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 there was a cut on one of my my um on my knuckle. Yeah. And um after a while, you know, you you, you get used to it, I guess. It just shows us how how resilient we are literally. Yeah. 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 I want us to think uh, very I don't think we should be flying around as yeah. much as we did before. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, uh, we don't need to fly a whole bunch of people for a conference. Mm-hmm. That's not necessary. We have the technology to, you know. Although there are so many things that I kind that I miss, like you know the, the you know the sort of off the camera networking that happens. Yeah. But but I I think I I want to be more I want to travel more sparingly and more intentionally and. Um, I think I'm gonna quit doing school shows. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, they were the source of most of my exhaustion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were the source of most of my dox online doxing. Yeah. You know, I can do them. I can do. I mean, I think I'm gonna do a virtual one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like a pre-taped one, but I don't think I'm gonna hit the road hardcore like three shows a day, five days a week. You know. 800 kids at a time. Yeah. I don't know when we're going to cram 800 kids back into a gymnasium all together at the same time. Anyway. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, you, you talk about that in the book about just just what a what a grueling schedule sometimes it would be. Um, yeah. And and you know you, even you, and and the bad parts you know going to the washroom and then the, you know it's just just trashed right. Yep. And yeah. and yeah, I mean you know you, you really have to think yeah who needs that. Well, the kids need it. The That's kids true. need those yeah. issues to be addressed. The teachers need, but you know, I don't. I don't have to be physically the one to do it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. There's, it's uh, they're part of getting into your fifties, and part of making space for other folks is to realize that, like, you don't have to take every gig, yeah. and um, and uh, you know, stepping back is and making space for others to step up is sometimes a very good thing to do. And I'm fifty-two, like. I'm ancient to those kids, you know, and uh, maybe there's maybe it's time to get some, uh, you know, some some artists in their 20s and 30s that can connect on a different level with those kids, with those youth, right? Yeah. Um, on a, on a deeper on a deeper way, and and I'll still I'll still write books and still do you know maybe I'll do the odd school show here and there. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I think I do I'm, I am proud of the work that I've done. I mean. I've spoken to over a half a million youth now. Wow. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a kind of a that's a kind of conservative estimate, mm-hmm. which sounds immense. But if you break it down, you know, a half a million is five hundred thousand, and you know, if you do eight hundred kids at a time, t- 
times three shows a day, that's 24, 2,500 kids in a day. So mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a lot. And, you know, maybe it's time to let someone else uh, uh, take that, um, um, pick up that torch, you know? Yeah. And then the other thing is, when I read Care Of, if I have any questions about, um, say, uh, your experience being misgendered or someone using the wrong pronouns or getting impertinent questions about, uh, say, how um, family relations are or what top surgery is about, I can read Care Of, and it's all there. You know, because yeah. you do reveal, you know... Uh, um, yeah, it's a very personal. Book. Yeah, and yeah, and right? so I mean, I don't have any really. I don't have any more questions about uh, things that I was wondering about because I'd read it all in care of. Yeah. yeah. Um. There is one thing I want to mention about because um, you you mentioned your dad a moment ago. Uh, mm-hmm. He comes up a, a few times in the book. I, I don't really have a question other than, um, as you were writing about him, it seemed like you were working through. Uh, what you felt or what you thought um, as you're telling people the journey that you've both been on together. Yeah, again, that's a reference to Angela's letter, Mm -hmm. the one that took me nine years to write her back. And she she wrote me saying that she loved my stories of my dad because um, her her dad was a storyteller, but she was estranged from her family from for coming out, and she wasn't welcome in their house anymore, and she had a lot of pain and sadness around that, and that she loved sort of living vicariously through my relationship to my dad. So I felt like I had to be pretty radically honest with her and tell her that often I tell the stories of my dad that I want to remember mm. and that I want to conjure up, and there's this whole other side of our relationship that's very fraught and difficult due to his alcoholism and um, uh, and now his dementia, which mm-hmm. adds, adds a further um, complication to the mix. Um, yes, and a, a, reviewer said, a reviewer said somewhere, I, I, should, I should track down the source, but that basically they felt that, th- that this letter, this book was a, was a, I had written almost the whole thing to my father in some ways. And I can't say... I can't say that that's completely wrong, but um, I never intended to do that. That that was a response to the letters, mm. and so there's so many letters from the father of the young trans man, the uh, woman writing about her father, the uh, ex-evangelical Christian mathematician who was told by her father that girls couldn't do math, mm. and so it was like it was like the the the. My daddy issues <laughs> were, for lack of a mm-hmm. more eloquent term, they were hammered repeatedly by the letter writers, mm. right? And so it, it it was just a topic that just kept it just kept on coming up and it kept on coming up and and maybe I mean I chose those letters I chose those letters for num- numerous reasons, but you know. Um, yeah, I, I did. I was definitely grappling with, um, you know, my relationship with him, and uh, and I, which I I think is probably the most difficult relationship that I have in my life, and and now he has dementia, and I am his primary caregiver, which I'm trying to do remotely from London, Ontario, mm-hmm. and he's in the bush in the Yukon, living on my property there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and he's not a very good. Uh, 
anyone who's got uh, uh, doing any elder care, he's not a very good patient. Mm. Let's just say that he's not a he he does not play well with others. He never has, yeah. and he's proud and stubborn, and he's a drinker, and um, yeah. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's. Uh, I think I'm at an age and circumstance where I'm forced to confront my issues with my dad. Um, and so that's, I guess, um, reflected in the, in there's, the writing. There's a great deal of grace and mercy in, in how you talk about him. And, and um, I guess in a way, um, I, I don't know if it, it forces me to think about my issues with my own father, but mm-hmm. it um, certainly... It gave me a lot to think about, and um, th- th- that's the thing that I took away from the book is that, that I-, I guess I'm comfortable either way, whether, whether we resolve this anytime soon or, or not. I'm more yeah. comfortable with not. Um, I feel that's fine after reading your book, you know? Yeah, I, d- I really try to, um, and I try to do this every day, and I fail every day, and then I get up and try again. Mm. Uh, which is, um, you know, d- deal with him with as much compassion and humanity as I can muster up, um, you know, uh, and also see the person that is very lovable and loving inside of him. And I guess one of the the big lessons I learned while unraveling all of this is just, like, we talk about toxic masculinity a lot right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. It's a it's a kind of a buzz word, buzz term, and we talk about how that impacts women. But sometimes I think a more effective way of grappling with it would be to talk about what it does to men. Yeah, yeah. And um, and there's a reason why so many of us have fraught relationships with our fathers, and it's because misogyny, toxic masculinity, and our power structures, our patriarchy, drives a wedge between fathers and their children of all genders. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, the expectations put on men, um, um, and uh, uh, all that all that baggage that, that has to be dragged around with that. Um, I mean... I, I don't think it's a coincidence that so many people yeah. wrote wrote to me to, to, struggling with their relationship with their father, um, and I tried also to include the examples of 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 men who had written me, people who had written me, who were parents who had uh, transcended all of that mm. and 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 had had brought something new to the discussion yeah. um, that that wasn't just like you know um, this. Uh, this fraught or dissociated or uh, you know relationship with 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 uh, with our with our fathers like both our physical fathers and and the metaphor yeah. the archetype of what the father is. You yeah. know? There are a couple of uh, letters to somebody um, in care of um, where uh, I, I guess the, the um, one, one of the reasons that you're engaging with them is because they don't believe that their feminism includes people who are trans. And and uh, that that's a part of the book. In a couple of letters, where you talk about turfs, mm-hmm. um, this person that you were writing to, th- this was somebody that that you know, right? Yes. And yeah. so so here you are uh, trying to engage and have a dialogue with them. Um, 
I can't help but when I read that, um, that that's why I asked you earlier if, it, if this is tiring or, or a burden on you. Because it, it seems like you're really reaching out and trying to change someone's mind. Well, that was the the that the the person in that series of letters is another artist who was very important to me. Mm-hmm. And when they on social media, um, and I didn't include in that correspondence what what they said. Mm. It's, it's we all see too much of it these days. Right. But you're, it was your pretty standard turf, you know, uh, uh, ideology. And um, it devastated me because I, for years, have been pointing younger queers uh, in the direction of that person's work. And it's been a touchstone, um, their music, for since I first came out when I was 18. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you know, it was, yeah, it was like the, I was devastated by that. And, um, but I, I didn't want them to be disposable. Mm. And, um, and I wanted that long conversation. I think we're living in a time where we have somehow learned to value the hot take. The tweet. Like the, yeah. the quick response, mm-hmm. the quick and, the quick and witty or, the quick and livid, or the quick and but quick, always quick, yeah. whatever it is. Um, and uh, but if you if you stand back and take a look at what we're grappling with in this country right now, um, this idea of reckoning mm-hmm. with things like internalized racism, structural racism, everyday racism, um, uh, the history of what this settler colonial state has actually done to our to not our and to the indig- the rightful and true caretakers of this land that we um, are all priv- privileged and um, uh, basically stole mm-hmm. um, these are nuanced conversations they're difficult tough uh, hard painful conversations that this that we need to be having right now, not just in Canada, but in the world. And and then when you talk about uh, the Me Too movement and addressing, you know, uh, you know, these are very, very, very hard conversations. So what I think we need to all do is, I like Twitter as much as the next person. I like mm-hmm. a hot take. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to dismiss that means of communication, but I want to also prioritize the long conversation. Yeah. The hard conversations, the ones where you have to come to the table and put something authentic and risky out there, and and uh, and put some labor into it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it, it is a lot. It is a lot of work. But um, did that? Did I find that depleting? No, because I think we. I think I, I was trying in that in that case to rescue a friendship mm-hmm. and a mentorship that really meant something to me and still continues to mean something to me. And it's funny because everybody wants to talk about that because, you know, because uh, the letter writer is a known um, uh, for, uh, artist and, mm-hmm. and I, I am a known artist. So it's clickbaity, you know, yeah. and, you know, so-and-so is a turf. Well, I don't think that she is. Um, uh, I think she has the capacity to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, and to to listen, and 
I think that the artist who wrote the lyrics that I have loved for decades, I don't believe that the heart of that artist could hate like um, as easily as some of her comments mm. would, would 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 appear on the surface. Right. I I, I the, you know, and I, I don't have time to do that with every turf. Fuck, Lord knows these <laughs> days, right? Yeah. I, I really really don't. But again, it's it, I can create this document mm-hmm. that other people could take yeah. to their elders who are turfs and say, "Would you please read this? Would you please read this?" And so that's my contribution to the long conversation. Yeah. You know, it's the one that the media, like everyone, almost every reporter, is they want to talk about it. They want to talk about it. I'm like, no, this does not belong in a soundbite. It doesn't belong in a 750 word review of a book. This is a conversation that must be read in its entirety. Yeah, it yeah. cannot be poll quoted yeah. uh, accurately, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's an ongoing conversation. It's a conversation that we, her, and I are still engaged in, you know. And um, and I'm determined uh, because I know that I'm right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That trans women belong um, everywhere and anywhere that any other woman does. Yeah. And I will literally die on that mountain. Yeah. And uh, um, and I uh, and I won't tolerate it. But not tolerating it doesn't necessarily mean discarding anyone who disagrees with me. Yeah, yeah. It means that I cho- I will I will choose to engage in a long conversation w- with that person, provided I feel like they're going to come to the table respectfully and yeah. listen to me, right. And then there's lots of turfs out there where I'm just like block 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 <laughs> blockchain block 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 because. You know, I can only. I'm also only human, right? right? Mm-hmm. And I can only take. I can only take so much transphobia in a day. Indeed. You know, before yeah. it starts to bring my mini wheats back up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, th- th- there's uh, another line in a letter um, that you wrote in response to a letter you got, uh, where you say you never sought out to be an author, and and yet here you are today. We're talking. Um, just uh, n- nearly on the eve of of the, the the this big award that you're nominated for, um, I guess you could not have imagined this this life, this career that you have today, could you? Um. Well, I I don't think I said I never wanted to be an author. I I didn't want to be like oh, a, a queer a, author. I think is what a you queer said. author. Yeah. I never said that. Said I, that was never my thing. I just yeah. wanted to write. I just was into writing stories. Right. Yeah. And. You know, I get, I, and these are the conversations that we're having in the can-lit world these days about who's allowed to talk about what and what's expected if you're a so-called minority voice or marginalized voice. I don't, I don't, I have complicated relationships with both of those monikers, but, yeah. um, um, you know, that, uh, that, that it, it leaves us having to talk about those issues, you know, back mm-hmm. to St. Catharines. Um, they, they, um, one of the early uh, press release or like uh, social media things, the, they, they were like uh, Ivan Coyote tackling issues from pronoun use to to bathroom challenges. You know, is going to be here on Friday night, and <laughs> then they wanted me to share it, so I had to call her, call call up the the, the presenter and say like, I'm not going to talk about that. Why am I talking about that? You know what I mean? Yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I, and it doesn't even say I'm an author. Mm, it doesn't mm. say I'm a storyteller. It doesn't say I have 13 books out. Yeah. It doesn't say that I'm up for a Governor General's Award. It doesn't say that I'm a multi-award winner. Like, th- this is 
offensive. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, oh, let's, you know, and I mean, they changed it. And I don't think that that's what the person meant or, you know, and it sure. was a line from a deeply buried in an article that I had linked to in my press pack. So I could say I brought it on myself. But, um, yeah, I never set out to be a queer author. Mm-hmm. I set out to be a storyteller. And, you know, just because I am who I am, a trans person and a non-binary person, it doesn't mean that all my stories are about that, um, except for when they are. And But they're really, you know, if you look beyond all of that or deeper than all of that, as you know, Joseph, we've had this conversation, my books are about family. Yeah. yeah. They're really about family, family dynamics. They're very rooted in the place that I grew up in um, that I'm going to be moving back to um, uh, after I'm done this gig at, uh, at Western uh-huh. in 2023. Yeah, I'll be moving full-time back to the Yukon, uh, touring a lot less. And, um, yeah, you know, and my next book is, um, I think the, two of the characters are queer. Most of them are straight, and it's a mystery novel, you know, mm. and it's fiction. I think I had made a decision when I when Rebent, Rebent Center came out that I was I was done with uh, nonfiction. Uh-huh. Um, I was gonna I was just gonna sit down and just figure out how the rest of you writers just make stuff up, you know. <laughs> and uh, of course, I was basing it on a true story that happened to me when I was a kid as inspiration. But anyway, yeah. like you know, um, and then the pandemic happened and care of happened and and uh, yeah, um, yeah. care of really is a book that we need uh we need it and and we will need and and um it's a very fine achievement by the way you mentioned your your, your grandmother patricia who was uh, as you describe in, in the book a goddamn letter writer um yeah uh, she could write a goddamn letter yeah she um obviously used pen to paper do, do you do the same or is it mainly the computer that you use when you write letters say I mainly use a, a computer when I write, and I, largely I correspond now by email, with mm-hmm. the exception of cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been known to get a card and then start writing in the card, and then, you know, on the second like page of the card, and then on the back of the card, yeah. and, then, oh, and then I get a scrap of paper and, and you know, fold that up and, and then put pop that in the mail. Yeah, yeah I, I do do that. Uh, my grandma, when she finished her last job, uh, she stole, I think, about, it looks like about probably four crates of those yellow uh, legal pads. Oh, yeah, with yeah. The, with the blue lines and the red lines. Yeah. Yeah, so um, all of her letters to me, which I have still, uh-huh. um, um, well, except for the ones I lost in my house fire, and all of her correspondence, she left to me. So it's in mm. Vancouver in storage right now, and it's largely on uh, yellow legal pads yeah. ripped off from somewhere, I don't know, some office job where she, that she had. Yeah, I find when I write, I make notes for like interviews like ours right now, I yeah. use the legal pad. I, I can't write on anything else. Huh. Um, it, it, when I write notes uh, to myself, at least I, I, I use that. And then, and then um, if I do write letters, I'll, I'll use uh, you know white paper, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, my, my writing is not very good, and so if I did write you a letter, I'd probably type it up and then and then you know sign it and then send it. it to you. But um, the um, the other thing I wanted you, to... If you type me up, if you type, like write a letter, I don't have a typewriter, but if you write me a letter, I will 
write, I'll type one up and print it out, and I'll send you back a. Statement. Oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't know how to use a typewriter. Well, I guess it's the same thing as a computer, but um, yeah. I would type it on a computer and print it off and, okay. and send it. Yep. Um, the other thing, there was the, the, the letter from Aisha from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. She tells you in that first letter, um, she wants you to keep uh, her letter to yourself. Um, how did you convince her to, to include it in the book? We changed her name. We changed her occupation. We changed all relevant details because, yeah, and and she signed off on everything. Mm. And and all the letter writers were paid as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. a, I got a little bit of money from Penguin Random House as part of my deal that I negotiated. Yeah. And I uh, I um, got some money from Canada Council. So all the all twenty letter writers were paid three hundred fifty dollars. Wow. With the exception of S, because. They're still anonymous, but still... I have three hundred and fifty dollars sitting in an account. Um, should should they get should that person get in touch with me and two free hard copies of yeah. the book too? So yeah. you know, it's worth twenty five bucks. So it's like four hundred dollars I got. There you go. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, where was the letter from? If, if you could remind us, it was uh, it was on your windshield, right? Yeah, it was left under my windshield. It was written on the back of a pizza flyer in two colors of blue ink, and yeah. it was very smudged. And I took it home back to the hotel that night, dried it out on the hotel bathroom sink, and then stuck it in my special file, and I've still got it. Where was yeah. the gig? Victoria at the Belfry Theatre in, in May of 2019. So perhaps they're listening. Um, get hold of Ivan, get the yeah. two books and, and the cash. Yeah, if you're S and you wrote me the letter, you know what it's about. Um, yeah. Well, everybody knows what it's about. <laughs> I transcribed <laughs> it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I know who it was. I think because they had to know what my car looked like, mm. so it had to be these two, two, two folks who, who came up and talked to me while I was uh, unloading my car. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of them. I think for some reason in my mind it was the one with the wallet chain, mm. but I don't know. Could be wrong. Yeah. And so I follow you on Instagram, and I noticed yeah. over the summer you were doing a lot of construction work. Is it was that up in the Yukon? Yeah, that's on my property in Atlin, so it's technically oh, okay. just yeah. over the BC the border, uh, Yukon yeah. border. It's a uh, it's fifty eight kilometers um, from the Yukon border to to that property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, that's where I'm going to be at least living part time. I might get a place in the city because it's two it's two hours outside of Whitehorse, and there's no cell signal mm, there, and right. um, you know it be might it might be hard to do to like conduct business from there, but. Uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm uh, I'm experiencing my uh, my deep love of of carpentry. Yeah, it's just great to watch it because I'm not handy at all, and and I can't help but admire. Um, <laughs> the, the, I, I watched the the, the uh, when you laid the foundation, and yep. the, I saw it finished, and I just thought, wow, that's that's really cool. I wish I could do that. I'm not, know, I'm not to going to, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. A boat builder, mm. And I remember when I was in my twenties, just being in this boat. And uh, I had just finished electrical school, so I helped him wire some stuff. Yeah. And then we went out, and you know he was saying, "I got to fix that, and I and I got to do this, and yeah, it'll be really cool when I get the insulation in here, and it's a little quieter, and the foam goes in." And but I just remember sitting in the boat with him, fishing, and going, "He built everything. Mm. He built this whole thing. Like there's not a there's not a a belt a bend in the aluminum." Or a or a or a or a wire or a gauge or a or a piece of the motor that he hasn't touched, that must feel incredible. And so that the the bunkie that I'm working on, the 16 by 20 uh, shed uh, shed roof, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be my writing studio. 
and um, my friends think it's crazy how much I've spent on windows for that thing, but I, and, and they say, oh, you put a loft in. I'm like, I don't want a loft. I want a big, tall ceiling above my head. Yeah. I'm going to sit here. And so I literally sat in the bush and went, what, what direction do I want to face when I'm writing? And what do I want to sit, be sitting on? And how do I want, where do I want the desk to be? And how close do I want it to be to the, and where am I going to put my record player? And where am I going to hang my guitar? And then the bed's going to be over here. And um, so that's my, I, I'm going to, and I'm just going to, I'm going to write the best fucking book I've ever yeah, written yeah. In, that, in that place. I just feel it. I feel it. I know it. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to, I don't even think once, once, uh, once, because uh, Justin, my, car, my carpenter buddy, is helping me. Mm-hmm. He smokes cigarettes, hey, and I'm just about to put the kibosh on that because the windows are going in now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't stop him from smoking standing on in the open on a on a sure, on yeah. a foundation. But you know, he's very soon. Now we got the roof on, um, and some of the windows in and the doors in. Like he's quick, quite quickly, he's not going to be allowed to smoke cigarettes in there. And then I was thinking the other day, you know what? I might make it an Ivan only zone. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. um, I might make it a place that nobody else is allowed in. <laughs> yeah. I've never had that in my life. I grew up in way too big of a family. And, of course, you know, there, I bet you there's lots of family members who aren't going to like that. <laughs> well, just give it a tour. But yeah. I have this idea that it's like it's going to be, I'm gonna, I built that space for that purpose. Yeah. And I can't wait to sit in there. i got a Yodel Norwegian wood stove, 16-inch. And the big glass windows looking out, and I and I purposely put it like where the game path is through the property. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's going to be deer walking by, lynx, fox, foxes, coyotes, tons of squirrels. Hopefully no bears. We we got yeah. a bird feeder, but um, there's I've seen moose walk right past there. And so my idea is I'm just going to sit there with the fire going, and uh, with a cup of coffee next to me, staring out at the trees. Um, in the land that uh, I belong in, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write just a, a killer novel. Yeah. That's my plan. Yeah. That's my aim. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to read. I mean, I just, I, I you know what I mean? Hearing you <laughs> talk about this, I just can't wait to see what comes out of it. You know, and I, I know it's going to be good. I mean, if it, if it's anything like your previous books, like Rebent Sinner or Care of, um, it's not going to it only change your life. It'll change other people's lives. Well, jo- Joseph, one thing I really like about doing interviews with you, when they first asked me, I was like, yeah, sign me up. Um, you just give things such a careful read, you know. And I know it's you that read it. I know it's not. And I mean, I understand people, you know, who are reading a lot of, like they have producers and then the producers will give them the questions and stuff like that, which is great. That's fine, too. I, no, no, no slight on that. But mm-hmm. I really love talking to you because you, I know you've read the book. And I know you're such a careful reader because remember I was on that jury with you. There was a lot of reading. Every goddamn page of every one of these books. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, know how you do it. Well, I tried to, and and um, there were some books that I, I knew just didn't yeah. deserve to be read, and so I put those aside. Um, but but yeah, no, I, I guess I read. I, I've been reading your stuff over the years because it, there's always something that I'm curious about. Or I'm sure someone listening to us is curious about, and um, I'm getting something out of it myself. I suppose I don't know I what it is. Say, you know, at this point, I I have to say that I I cannot say in words how much I loved working with Jared Bland. Mm, yeah, he is. Um, 
when we first uh, signed the deal, he said, well, so, you know, this is essentially a trust relationship, and you and I don't know each other, so, you know, I'm going to call you every Tuesday at 1 o'clock mm. all summer long, and we're going to talk. We talk about the book, how it's coming, you know. And so I literally read that book to him chapter by chapter by chapter by chapter. And then I read it out loud to him again in the editing process, not once but twice. Mm-hmm. And and um, I have to say that I feel like this is, I don't know, maybe maybe you always feel like that about your like your youngest kid or your best or your last book mm-hmm. or your the cutest kitten or whatever, but I feel like this is the best book that I've I've written out of out of thirteen that I've been involved in in some way, and I have to say that like half half of the credit goes to the letter writers. Yeah, yeah. For inspiring me, and then the other half the credit goes to Jared. So I don't even know, you know, that's then I guess <laughs> I, then the other half is me. So that's three halves. Yeah. I don't know. Have, have you but, met Jared? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I met him twice. Um, uh, in per, in real life before uh-huh. we started the process, I met him. Um, I met him at the Hillary Weston um, final. Fi- oh yeah, the, the the big swanky thing yeah. in um, twenty. Uh, oh, what was uh, Tomboy Survival Guy? Was I think it was twenty seventeen. Right when I was uh, shortlisted with Carol Off and Tanya Talaga and uh, Kyle McClure and the the guy that won. Mm-hmm. And. Um, um, so I met him there one time, and then I met him at a Sheree Dimaline, um, uh reading uh, in just before the pandemic. Actually, it was February 10th, I think it was, uh, 2020. I have a weird thing about dates, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, just uh, when I flew home to the Yukon to, to deal, deal with my dad in October briefly, um, I had to spend the night in Toronto, and he took me out to the keg, and we ate like a... We ate like a Fred Flintstone steak. <laughs> it was ridiculous the size of the steaks we ate, yeah. and had a lovely time. He's he is. Um, I can't wait to to work on this next book with him. He's yeah. just uh, you know, I just feel like he made he made everything so much better, and he never touched a comma. He never touched a word. He asked me questions. He wrote questions in the margin, and then we would over the phone read lines over and he would say well i think that you should put what about this how how about if we did that and what i think you're trying to say is this and so but if we switch this around and you know and then we had to very very be very very careful with multiple drafts and multiple editor you know the line editor and Mm -hmm. copy editor and stuff that that the name changes were respected Mm. because literally people's lives were on the line right yeah yeah yeah. jared and i fully trusted him with all of that and um uh, you know, we could. There was no way we could slip. We just could not slip, yeah. and um, and make a mistake. Um, you know, and have have the wrong name go in or, or the wrong pronoun or whatever. Sure. Yeah. So that was vital to the to the trust that the letter writers had uh, given me, and I, I knew that with him at the helm, that all of that was gonna was gonna be uh, valued and revered in the way that I needed it to be. Yeah. Well, I'll be rooting for you on the 17th. I'm, I'm sure uh, a lot of other people will as well. I mean, there are some marvelous books that, that are in, yeah. in your category. Um, yeah, have you read all of them? No, I read a couple read of them. Two? Yeah, I read okay. a couple of them, yeah. yeah. Um, what and, are you thinking? What are you thinking? I guess you could give me some odds later after, after <laughs> the podcast is over. I, I really don't know how, I mean, it, um, because we, as you mentioned the jury that we sat on. 
Yeah. Um, the, I don't know how they, they figure these things out, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and so yeah. it, it's hard. But, I mean, it, it, to end up on a list, a short list like that, I mean, that's, yeah. the, wor- that's the prize already, I, I suppose. I've never I've never won a prize myself, so I can say that. But <laughs> but uh, um, it is absolutely a huge honor, yeah, for sure. especially yeah. to be up with so, so many great writers. Like if you look at the fiction and nonfiction and mm-hmm. poetry, and I mean, it's you know, it's I'm just I feel ripped off that I don't get to go to the governor general's house. I really oh yeah. Yeah. You know they had good fucking snacks. Yeah, exactly. Day, right? Yeah, yeah. In the, in the before. Yeah, yeah. yeah I bet yeah. you there was like, I don't know, bacon-wrapped <laughs> scallops, you know. And I love a free buffet oh, as much as any writer. Absolutely, yep. You know. Well, I'll be rooting for you on the 17th, and I appreciate your time again today. I, I screwed up on, on our schedule, but but I appreciate you. you uh, hey, we got it done. We it's did. Great. Yeah, so I did my event, ended that at 4.01, and you and I were, boom, on the at 402, which I never would have booked, so it worked out good. Thanks for this, Ivan. Yeah, thank you, Joseph. Uh, You have a great weekend. Take care. Visit IvanCoyote.com for more. The book is called Care of Letters, Connections, and Cures. It's published by McClelland and Stewart. Ivan Coyote, join me on the line from London, Ontario, in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Flanta.